Welcome to the Feel Good Running Podcast. No matter what level runner you are, and whether you prefer road or trail running or both, you will find this podcast informative, motivating, inspiring, and entertaining. We have interesting guests, running-related information, inspirational stories about real runners, and much more. Now, here's your host and a longtime runner himself, Jim Lynch. Hey, runners, what's happening? It's November. Can you believe it? It's November already. We're almost through 2021. It seems like this year has just flown by. Well, my name is Jim Lynch, and this is my podcast, Feel Good Running. I'd like to welcome you to it. If this is your first time checking out our podcast, thank you. I hope you become a regular listener. I appreciate you stumbling upon us and giving us an opportunity. And for all of my regular listeners, thank you so much for supporting the show. I truly appreciate it. Well, for all intents and purposes, this past weekend was the last major weekend of fall races. Yeah, there's a couple more left like California International and Tucson, but New York City Marathon went off without a hitch. Seems like everybody had a great time. On the West Coast, the LA Marathon happened and I'd actually like to give a shout out to all the Skid Row Running Club runners that crossed the finish line. You are all near and dear to me and so many are so proud of you for what you've accomplished. And if you ran the marathon this past Sunday, job well done. You are frigging awesome. I'd also like to take this time to congratulate all the race directors and volunteers that put on these races this fall. It looks like it was a huge success and all of us are so happy that we have live events happening again. You know, it was a tough road for a year and a half during the pandemic, but races have come back and it's all because of you that they have been so successful. A lot of happy runners out there and lots of great personal stories of accomplishment. So thank you for all the work and effort that you put in to bringing us races so we could get out there and enjoy them again. Thank you. Well, now it's time to wind down for the winter months. And you know what happens during the winter months? We get a little bit lazy. Now, if you're in a warmer climate, you just can continue with your maintenance running. Maybe there's some small races. Maybe even there's a marathon coming up in the next couple months that you like to run. But for some of us, like me in Denver, Colorado, it gets a little bit chilly out there. As a matter of fact, this morning, I did my first speed workout of the session of our running group, Runner's Edge of the Rockies. And I was out there at about a quarter to six in the morning and it was about 29 degrees and still dark. And we uh, hammered it out, got a really good speed workout in. And it just felt so invigorating to be in that nice, cool, crisp air. And so far, we have not had any snow whatsoever in Denver. And normally we have a snowstorm before now and there's none in the forecast. I don't know what's going on. It's kind of crazy. So being in the winter months and getting out there and running, you know, it's a motivation factor. It might be cold out and you just don't feel like getting out there. But let me tell you something. Figure out a way to talk yourself into it or get a friend so you both can motivate each other to get out there and run. All you have to do is put on some running gear for temperatures and the elements in your area and put on your running shoes and walk out the door, get those cobwebs out during your first mile 
and you're going to be just fine. And it's going to tee you up for a great day if you like morning running. And if you're an evening runner, it's just going to be a good end to the day. So, yeah. And you know what? If you want to share with other runners your fall race experience, we are still open for you to do that. You can go to feelgoodrunning.com forward slash my race. You can record up to five minutes. There's some questions there that you can follow. And we'd love to hear about your experience. Did you feel comfortable out there around all the people coming out of the pandemic? How was your race? Did you feel good? Did you get enough training in? Were you satisfied with your time? Well, let us know. And maybe recording your voice is not your jam. Well, you can also send an email too. And you can do that by sending it to jim at feelgoodrunning.com. So again, all the information you can find it at feelgoodrunning.com forward slash my race. Participate. Come on, send your stuff in. It's going to motivate other runners. You don't know how much your story will motivate and inspire other runners. Just think, talking a little bit about your fall experience could inspire just one person to start running or to run their first race and have their own story. Think about it. All right, runners, I have three great stories for you today that are going to inspire and motivate you. And there's also some running tips in there. Hmm. You have to listen to find out. So let's get on with it. Here is this episode's running news. Searching anywhere and everywhere? Get ready, because it's time for this episode's inspirational feel-good running news. Have you ever been at a race and seen a blind runner participating with a guide? Well, I have, and every time I witness this, I'm blown away. I always wonder how someone who is blind or has other visual impairments can run without harm. Yet, I can see. And as I shared in one of my previous segments, I recently face-planted while running, fracturing my wrists, scraping my knees and face, and bruising my pride. This running incident happened despite my ability to physically see where I was going and to be aware to avoid obstacles such as uneven pavement. I'm deeply inspired by athletes who have any disability. Those individuals who are blind have always been an essential part of the running community. In 2019, I produced one of my most important and impactful podcast episodes about a legally blind athlete named Jason Romero, and he's from right here in Denver. His running resume is jaw-dropping. One of his top accomplishments was running across the USA, typically called a transcontinental run. Jason is the only blind runner to ever run across the USA. And he is in the top 10 of the fastest runners to accomplish this. And that is out of around 300 people that achieved a transcontinental run on foot. Please check out episode number 16, All Things Are Possible. And pick up Jason's book entitled Running Into the Dark. It's an enthralling, inspirational story. And I guarantee it will bring tears to your eyes. It will definitely move you. I promise it really did for me. I'll include a link to Jason's connections here in the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com. Now, I always search for stories about runners that overcome disabilities and other obstacles. And I recently ran across a story about a blind runner running the Manchester Marathon in England. 
and he almost didn't finish. Not because of his blindness, because of his guide. Hajid Ahmed of Leicester, England, was on his way to the finish line when his guide had to drop out of the race due to an injury. Hajib knew he, too, would have to drop out and was devastated. Now, completely halted, and while trust is the number one aspect of the relationship between runner and guide, Hajib knew he would need to rely on a total stranger if he was going to finish. Enter Stuart Whitehouse. Stuart was a runner who was passing where Hajib was sidelined and stopped to check on him. When he found out Hajib's predicament, he stepped up and volunteered to guide him to the finish. But here's the twist. Stuart was also struggling with injuries and didn't think he'd be able to finish himself. So here's what happened. Despite Stuart's injuries, he had a new purpose of finishing, making sure that Hajib finished. Stuart said, I didn't just help him. He helped me get across the finish line. I was struggling, but Hajib just kind of gave me the inner strength to carry on and gave me a bit of purpose. What an inspiring guy. And I can't think of a better purpose. I found some resources that you might find helpful if you are interested in becoming a guide. United in Stride is an organization founded in 2015 by the Massachusetts Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired as a tool to unite runners who are blind or visually impaired with sighted guides across North America. They offer some of the following information to consider if you are interested in being a guide. First, what qualities make a good guide? Well, guiding a visually impaired runner is not rocket science. It takes a caring heart, good communication skills, dependability, openness to feedback, and assertiveness. Assertive guides are okay with interrupting a conversation to give cues or pulling a visually impaired runner out of the way if necessary to keep their runner safe. Next, here are the typical guiding methods used commonly. Number one, verbal cues only. Number two, front to back with no tether. The visually impaired runner uses their limited vision to follow a guide. That may or may not require much verbal cueing. Number three, handheld tether. This is typically a rope, shoestring, or strap with a loop on both ends, approximately 18 inches long. Number four, rigid handheld tether. The sighted guide and visually impaired runner hold on to something like a white cane. The more rigid structure helps some feel more connected to their guide. Number five, waist-to-waist tether. This is a band connected to belts or a loop around each runner's waist. It allows one to run without holding on to the tether. Number six, elbow lead. The visually impaired runner lightly holds on to the guide's arm just above the elbow. And finally, you do not have to have experience running as a sighted guide to register as a guide. United in Stride has a resource page and training videos, and they are committed to easing the process of recruiting and training runners who want to support visually impaired athletes. I think serving as a guide is just one more reason to train for a race, and it could be your most important reason. But the race reward will go far beyond the medal and the euphoria you feel at the finish line because you brought someone with you. Check out the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com for the full story on Hajib and Stewart. 
I also have a link to the United Stride website. Check it out. Maybe becoming a running guide will give you the same sense of purpose it did for Stuart and prove that disability does not mean inability. What's the worst weather you've ever experienced while running a marathon? Was it wind, rain, lightning, extreme heat, or cold? I personally have experienced all types of weather in the 101 marathons that I've run. And runners, we must make a conscious effort to prepare for whatever weather conditions are forecasted for race day. But what if the weather changes so unexpectedly during a race? Well, recently I ran across a story about an ultramarathon that literally endangered all the participants' lives and response teams came to their rescue. It happened in Utah. And while ultramarathoners are a very tough bunch, this storm packed a punch so strong that it brought them to their knees. The DC Peaks 50 race is a 50-mile ultramarathon that was held a few months ago on October 10th in Utah's Davis County. The race began at 5 a.m., and a few hours in, low temperatures and severe weather conditions settled in, including a foot of snow and wind speeds of 30 miles per hour at Francis Peak, KSL News in Utah reported. A foot of snow is impossible to overcome, so all 87 participants had to be rescued in rugged terrain and the worst possible conditions. A blizzard isn't unheard of in the Rocky Mountains in October, but what was crazy was that nobody predicted this Utah storm. The race directors and participants had no idea that this storm was heading their way, and if they did, they all would have done things differently. Search teams on snowmobiles rescued all 87 participants, and at the mountain base, some ultramarathoners were treated for hypothermia. And imagine this, most runners were wearing shorts, a t-shirt, and running shoes. Nobody had any idea the weather would turn like this at the beginning of the race. We can all be grateful for the outcome that otherwise could have ended in tragedy. I'd like to personally give a shout out to all of those on the search team. Thank you for being the individuals that you are. I included a link to the story in this episode's show notes at feelgoodrunning.com so you can read more about this wild event. Well, as I mentioned, we should all be prepared in advance to prep for whatever the weather condition may be when we head to the start line for a long distance race. And now that we are entering the winter months, We need to be prepared for our training or maintenance runs, too. As for me, I first watched the weather forecast days before a race. It gives me the best possible indication on what to expect on race day. And of course, it doesn't always work out the way the weather forecast predicts, but it's close. And again, be sure to watch the weather forecast for your long training runs during the winter months. Don't want to get stuck out there. So here's a list of other reminders that I pulled together from Podium Runner. First, if the forecast calls for cold weather, know that you'll need extra layers at the start when you find yourself jumping up and down trying to warm up. Wear an old sweatshirt that you wore to paint the house along with some ratty old sweatpants. I've gone to Goodwill or Salvation Army before a race and bought garments just for the start line. These garments can be stripped off and dropped on the side of the road after the start as you warm up after the first few miles. 
Just make sure that your clothing underneath is moisture wicking for the long haul. I've run marathons in cotton sweatshirts. Not a good idea. And keep this in mind. Most races donate discarded clothing to nonprofits so you can feel good that what you're wearing at the start to keep you warm may keep someone else warm in the future. Second, if it's raining, plan to wear a trash bag in the start corrals. I've worn a trash bag when it hasn't been raining, just maybe a little chilly. Just cut a hole in the bottom of the bag to slip over your head. Of course, don't run with the bag still on. Take it off at the start and throw it to the side of the road or hand it off at the aid station or throw it in the garbage. If you've ever run a marathon in the rain, you know it's the worst. If that happens, plan to have friends or family at around mile 16 or 18 to provide you with dry clothing, including shoes. Wet shoes weigh a ton. And here's something interesting. Cover exposed skin with Vaseline to insulate and keep you dry. Not on your head and neck because Vaseline won't allow your body to sweat efficiently. And finally, run within your limits in the early miles because you risk muscle tears or other injuries if you aren't fully warmed up. Allow your body sufficient time to warm up before stepping up the pace. And what can possibly be as bad as rain and cold? Well, the heat, of course. Unbearably hot conditions are by far the toughest to run through for up to 26.2 miles. I'm not a good heat runner. I really don't like the heat. So here are some great tips that will help when it's a scorcher in those warmer months that we're not really experiencing now. Try to cool down at the core, a technique used to lower your core body temperature before the race starts. For example, freeze wet towels and take them with you to cover your body while waiting to start. Or sip a frozen slushy carb drink like Gatorade. During the race, use every opportunity to pour water over your head and drink the electrolytes the race provides at each aid station. And finally, adjust your expectations because a heat wave during a race will undoubtedly affect your performance. For example, at just 75 degrees Fahrenheit, research suggests that a four-hour marathoner will run nearly six minutes slower than their fitness level. One final tip is to have proper clothing in your drop bag for the finish so that you will be as dry and comfortable as possible while enjoying the finish line fun. So while we all hope for perfect weather conditions before each race, it sometimes does not happen. We all know that training is the key to peak performance, but day of race prep rates a close second. Check out the links in the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com for more prep advice for different weather conditions and good luck on your next race and may the weather gods be with you. Last month, the Boston Marathon opened up again and runners were rejoicing for the chance to run the oldest and most prestigious running event in the world. But for one sub-elite runner, it was a matter of life and death. 33-year-old Megan Roth of Minneapolis is a top-tier runner who ran the race this year to top her current Boston PR of 2 hours, 44 minutes, and 3 seconds. She was completely confident she could hit 242 and felt like she was on track to do it when something completely unexpected happened at mile 7.4. 
Megan collapsed due to a heart attack. Yes, a heart attack, 33 years old. She blacked out and what happened next is truly miraculous. Her life was hanging in the balance, but an unidentified spectator immediately ran from the sidelines and started CPR while another spectator held her airway open. Yet another anonymous spectator called 911. Then a double miracle. The next person to stop was running the marathon and was a firefighter and paramedic from Oregon. Nick Haney had been aiming for a marathon in the 252 range when he saw the commotion. As he got closer to Megan on the ground, he saw they were administering CPR and knew he had to stop. Nick knew what to do since he was accustomed to responding to 911 calls. When he looked at Megan on the ground, he realized he knew her and immediately snapped into action. He stopped his watch and started chest compressions to help save her life. Now for a triple miracle. David Pye was the next runner to join the effort. He's a physician in Sacramento, California, who specializes in kidneys. Pye was a few feet past Megan when he looked over and saw her lying on the ground. He also stopped his watch and administered a precordial thump, essentially striking her chest in an attempt to get the heart back to its normal rhythm. Then as Haney continued administering CPR, Pye lifted her legs so blood would flow toward her core. And to round it out, the fourth miracle. Tanner Smith was the next sub-elite runner to stop his watch and jump into action. Smith is an ER physician assistant at Sunrise Hospital in Las Vegas. He had been on duty on the night in 2017 when a gunman opened fire at a concert, killing 59 people and wounding 500 others. Sunrise received 200 victims in a span of two hours that night. At the race, his instincts and training kicked in and he figured out what needed to happen next. Smith and Haney alternated rounds of CPR and Smith noticed that Megan's color was improving. A short time later, a small team from Natick Fire Department riding a Polaris ATV arrived on the scene and an ambulance was not far behind. They shocked Roth's heart with an AED and transported her to Metro West Hospital in Framingham. Haney, Pye, and Smith all went on to run the race, and guess what? They finished in just over three hours. Reflecting following the race, Pye is convinced that the true miracle happened first, and that if it weren't for the spectators at the beginning of the saga, the outcome would have been much different. He says, we were there to help, but whoever that person was who reacted first before any of the runners, well, she saved the woman's life. We just helped out to support what that woman was doing. It was great. She was the one. Whoever you are, you're such a good soul and thank you for saving Megan. Megan, the mother of a nine-month-old boy, was brought to Tufts Medical Center in Boston where it was determined she had inflammation of the heart. She received an implantable cardioverter defibrillator, a device that monitors and helps regulate electrical problems with the heart. Megan Roth is recovering now and will always have these six people to thank for saving her life. What are the odds a marathoner has a heart attack on the course and a paramedic, an ER, physician assistant, and a physician are running right behind her? Roth knows she couldn't have been luckier. So grateful, she said. 
They are heroes. And I love what Chris DeBona, who works the ambulance company that transported Megan, had to say. Said, that CPR and early defibrillation were keys to her survival. In a world where people are first to pick up their camera phones and record rather than act, it speaks to the strength of the running community. Chris also had praise for the bystanders and runners who assisted. It's true. The running community has a special bond, one that is based on shared characteristics. We are compassionate and caring people who happen to share the love of running. I have my own story about a critical situation at our finish line from my days involved with the Maui Marathon. For those of us who have staged races, we know that safety and security are without a doubt the top priority in planning a running event. As part of our plan in Maui, we have a medical doctor, medical volunteers, and a roaming ambulance in the unlikely event of an emergency. It's a critical aspect of the position, and we have protocols and requirements to put our athletes' safety at the forefront of our planning. Back in 2016, we had a runner in crisis. Barry Soltanoff from Maui, who ran the half marathon, was 100 yards from the finish line when he collapsed. He had a ventricular fibrillation incident. His heart stopped for over two minutes. I'll be very upfront and honest, and this is the opinion of others also. We all thought he was dead. But with the quick response of the medical volunteers and the finish line doctor, they all saved his life. The following year, I arranged for Barry to run the 5K and he finished taken second in the 70 to 74 age group. We also gave Barry a special award at the awards ceremony. That was a very emotional moment. A person's life was saved. It was so amazing. Miracles do happen and in Megan's case, they happened four times in a row. And for Barry, he received the gift of a new lease on life. Read the full story about Megan, along with an article on Barry. I've included a link to them in this episode's show notes at feelgoodrunning.com. Yes, I can't say it enough. Miracles do happen, runners. And Megan, I wish you good health. And I hope that you keep running and you are able to go back to Boston and get that two-hour and 42-minute marathon time that you so wanted. Now that would be another miracle. Well, runners, I hope you enjoyed this episode's stories. Wasn't it heartwarming to hear about Megan, the 87 rescued altar marathoners and Hajib? And there's a common thread that runs throughout all of these stories. And that is spectators, responders, and other runners jumped in, took action, and really made a difference. Megan may not have survived if it wasn't for that spectator taking action, along with the other runners behind her that were skilled in the medical field that could save her life. The 87 rescued ultramarathoners with the responders getting up there fast to get them out of there. And Hajib, he was able to finish his race because another selfless runner saw Hajib and put all of his struggles behind to help Hajib get to the finish line. Isn't running an amazing sport? We have some of the most compassionate, kind, and selfless people that would do anything for other runners. We are an awesome bunch of people, aren't we? Yes, we are. 
All right. Guess what time it is? It is time for our quote. And I found a quote that I think is appropriate for the end of the fall race season. And here it goes. One of the greatest feelings is accomplishing something you once thought would have been impossible. Let me read that again. One of the greatest feelings is accomplishing something you once thought would have been impossible. And that is from somebody I know. I don't know who wrote that, but thank you for that quote, because that fits right in with everybody out there that has run a race this past fall. How many of you thought a while back it was impossible for you to run a marathon, a half marathon, a 10K or a 5K or maybe even an ultra marathon? Yeah, we've all been there. And guess what? Nothing is impossible. We crushed it. Congratulations to all of you who did the impossible. All right. Well, remember, if you want to talk about your fall race, go to feelgoodrunning.com forward slash my race and you can record up to five minutes. You can do it on your iPhone. You can do it on your Galaxy. You can do it on any device that has an Internet connection and a microphone. It's that easy. And if that's not what you like to do, well, then just send me an email. You can send it to me at jim at feelgoodrunning.com. That's jim at feelgoodrunning.com. And I'll read part of it in an upcoming episode. Okay, that'd be great. And I think those that are listening would really appreciate and be inspired by your story. And if you can do me one more solid, if you could please share this episode and my podcast on your social media networks and with your running friends, that would really help the show to grow. And it is growing. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. And now that we are going into the holiday season, you might feel a little stress or it might be a happy time for you or maybe it's a frustrating time for you. I don't know, but I know we're going into the holiday season. So make an extra special effort to be kind to others, even when some are not kind to you. Pick up the phone or send an email to somebody you may have not talked to in a long time or maybe you want to repair a relationship. Whatever it may be for you, just be kind to others. It really does warm the heart and cleanse the soul. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please consider sharing this podcast with your running friends and on your social media platforms. To access the show notes that included all the resources and links for this episode and to access past episodes, go to feelgoodrunning.com. Until next time, keep motivated, keep focused, and keep on running. It is sure to make you, well, feel good. Feel good.